I'm Sarah, a PA and mama to a six-month-old little boy. And I'm Maria, a third grade teacher expecting my first baby in September. We certainly don't claim to be motherhood experts. In fact, we are just beginning to figure this whole thing out. But one thing that we have quickly realized is that pregnancy and motherhood require a great deal of sacrifice. But what a gift that sacrifice is. It gives us the tiniest glimpse of the sacrifice our Heavenly Father made when he sent his own son to die for us, a death that we deserved. Through motherhood, we get to live out the gospel message of sacrifice daily, as we do our best to love these little people that the Lord has entrusted us with. So whether you're drinking hot coffee and praying to one day become a mama, decaf while you're growing your babe, or cold coffee that was once hot while you meet the needs of your littles, come hang out with us while we chat all things motherhood and discover what the Lord is teaching us through the sacrifices of this sweet season. Welcome back to the Cold Coffee Podcast. I'm Sarah and I'm here with Maria. And it's just the two of us this week. Just us. We kicked everyone else out. Yes. (laughs) And I'm excited for this episode. So this is one that we had planned back before Maria had the baby. Early, early, early. (laughs) Yes. So we were hoping to get this one in Mm pre-baby, but then surprise, Lena decided to join us four weeks early. Mm -hmm. But we just thought before we jump into talking about like newborn things and postpartum Mm -hmm. things, which we're hoping to do eventually, it would be nice to just wrap up the rest of Maria's pregnancy. And she is going to share about her experience with gestational diabetes. And I know, I think Maria, you mentioned a little bit maybe in the pregnancy must-haves mm-hmm. episode just about um, some things you found to be helpful during your testing. Oh yeah. But yeah. I know you haven't shared a ton about the screening process right. and then all of everything that happened after that. Right. So anyway, she is just gonna tell us about her experience mm-hmm. and hopefully offer some encouragement and some tips if you are someone that has gestational diabetes or you know someone that has gestational diabetes maybe this would be helpful for them yeah so anyway tell us all of the things okay so um I was never really worried about gestational diabetes um I do have diabetes that runs in my family but I I guess I think it's my yeah my dad's dad and my mom's mom actually Mm -hmm. both my dad's dad had diabetes and my mom's mom has it currently Um, But I still wasn't worried about it. You know, some people say there can be warning signs. Some people say there aren't. And I was never really concerned. Mm -hmm. I Um, guess we probably should start too, just quickly before we get into like a bunch of the details. Mm -hmm. Basically, so gestational diabetes is diabetes that has been diagnosed during pregnancy. So there are plenty of people that have type 1 or type Mm -hmm. 2 diabetes before becoming pregnant. And then Mm -hmm. that's just called pre-existing diabetes. Um. But yeah, so gestational diabetes is when you when a woman is diagnosed with diabetes during pregnancy. Right. And I always I I feel like I've known about it for a while, but that's just cuz I'm obsessed with learning all things about pregnancy, but you'd be amazed the people that I told about this in the process and they were like, "What? That's a thing?" or they'd be like, "I didn't know you had diabetes." And I was like, "Oh, it, it's just during pregnancy." And people are like, "What?" which we'll talk about later. It's not always just during pregnancy, but most of the time, yeah, it goes away after you have your baby because of how it's caused. Yeah. Um. But so they don't start testing for it until week twenty-eight, mm-hmm. correct? Usually between twenty-four and twenty-eight weeks, but most commonly right. twenty-eight. Well, weeks. that's the thing too. We were gonna say like even Sarah was seeing a doctor in Charlottesville when you mm-hmm. had your test, and we talked about how like wasn't it the numbers that our blood sugars had to be at during our tests were slightly different because of the practice we were at. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit different depending, like Maria's saying, on Mm -hmm. the practice that you're seeing at for your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But 
most commonly 28 weeks. Now, if you are someone that has had gestational diabetes with a previous pregnancy, mm-hmm. they because will start testing you. Yes, for sure. Yeah, which they just told me at my postpartum visit that mm-hmm. they would be way more aware of it. Yeah. Um, but so I had my first test at 28 weeks, which there are two different types of tests mm-hmm. you can have for gestational diabetes. And the first one they give you again at most practices mm-hmm. is the one hour mm-hmm. test. And this is the infamous people always talk about it. Like, you go in, you get this drink that's super sugary. The mm-hmm. first one's what is it? 50, 50 grams. Grams of sugar. Mm-hmm. And I was told that I could eat a little bit of protein before I went mm-hmm. to that appointment. Some people say you have to fast fully, but for the one hour, I was told like I could eat eggs and I was, bacon, yes. just like protein. Protein. Yeah. So I had eaten. I went in. I did the one hour one. I did not think that the drink was that horrible. No, I didn't either. People are so dramatic. (laughs) People are so dramatic about it. I did not. I was like, it's a little bit of an, it's like an extra sugary Kool-Aid or Gatorade is what I felt it tasted like. Yes. Um, so I drank the drink and you have a certain amount of time to drink it Mm -hmm. in. I think five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. And then you wait an hour and then they take your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's all they do at the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt totally fine. The experience was fine. Didn't really have a second thought about it at all. And I went home and they told me that my number was too high. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the specific numbers for these. And again, I think they change by practices. It is a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so my numbers were high. So they were like, you're going to have to come in and do the three hour one, mm-hmm. which I immediately was like, okay, that's going to suck. Yeah. Because that one, you're not only there for three hours, but you get pricked four different times and you have to fully fast. Right. Before, so, before they do it. Right. The other thing that's important to know is, so the one hour 50 gram glucose challenge test is literally just a screening test. Mm-hmm. So like Maria saying, she didn't pass it. Like her numbers were too mm-hmm. high, but they could not just from that say, okay, right. you have gestational diabetes. Right. Like the gold standard diagnostic test to say that a woman has gestational diabetes is Mm -hmm. the three hour, 100 gram glucose tolerance test. So it's twice the amount of glucose, which is another thing. On a completely empty stomach. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I went in, I think it was probably the following week Mm -hmm. from my one hour test. I went in to do the three hour test and I was, I knew it was going to suck. I knew it wasn't going to be pleasurable, but I didn't know it was going to be as bad as it was. Um, and I can't remember if I mentioned this on an update or not, but I went in and I always say because of COVID again too, you're in there, you're in a mask. I find that I'm always really hot and a little nervous during doctor's appointments. And so I go in, I drink the drink. Again, I don't think it's horrible. It's obviously more sugary than the first one, but I'm not, I'm not like struggling to get through mm-hmm. the drink. Um, But probably 10 or 15 minutes after drinking it, I immediately was like, I feel like I could pass out. And so that was the first thing. So I was in the waiting room. I went to the bathroom. I tried to calm myself down. I cooled myself down. I was like, we're okay. We're going to do this. Because I knew if I didn't get through this, there's probably not another way to find out if you have gestational diabetes. Like they're probably Mm going to make me do this test again. So I was really in my head trying to tell myself I could get through it. I came back out. I thought I was fine, but I went to the um, lab again and I was like, can I lay down? Like, do you guys have a reclining chair or anything? Cause I just feel a little woozy and I want to get through these hours. And they were like, sure. So I sat in a recliner and again, I thought I'd like composed myself fully. And then I immediately was like, I'm going to vomit. And so had they taken, had they, they even... took the fasting one. So and when you first I, got there, mm-hmm. they took the fasting and then you drank the drink. Mm-hmm. 
And they hadn't done the one nope, hour yet. I hadn't even gotten okay. the one Okay, that's hour. what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, and I immediately, I was sitting in the chair and I was like, mm, this is not good. And I had to run to the bathroom and I got sick, um, like puked up the whole drink. Mm-hmm. And I know that's really gross, but I will also say, and I told the ladies in the lab this, that's the only time I got sick during my whole pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like I had some nausea first trimester, but I did not have any morning sickness. I never got sick. Right. So, I mean this, and this was like my body just cut, like it was done. And, um, I came out of the bathroom and the lab ladies were immediately like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, take my blood again really quick. It's like one hour after. And she was like, honey, you just lost all of it. Like mm-hmm. it's all out of your system now. Um, which I keep telling people, I'm like, think of if you've ever had something really, really sugary on a completely empty stomach. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't eat super healthy, but I don't wake up and eat a hundred grams of sugar on an empty stomach. Right. You know? Yeah. Like even if I have a donut, it's not that bad. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it, it, it was just bad. So anyways, I got sick and they were like, we'll have to schedule it again. So, um, I was... It was just bad. So I was trying to get myself ready to go in and do it again Mm because I didn't even make it through one hour the first time. I will say they gave me some, they called in some nausea Mm -hmm. medication for me, um, which for some reason I wasn't convinced was going to help. I don't know why, but it, everything, whatever I did totally helped. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I went in, I don't know if it was the following week or two weeks. It was really crazy because this started at 28 weeks Mm -hmm. and I probably didn't finish this process until like 31 weeks because of all the appointments that I had to schedule in between. Right. I felt like I was living there. Um, So the next time I went in was, this is what I was talking about. Like I still had to wear the mask, but I wore my neck fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I had books and stuff, which I had the first time too. I just felt so bad. I never got to reading them. I'd taken the nausea medicine. Um, I tried to eat healthier the day before. Mm -hmm. Like I was trying really hard. Um, And this time I got through the test. I will also say if you've ever felt this bad during the test, the second time I went in, I chose a different flavor purposefully. Oh, did (laughs) you? Because I was like... I don't want to taste what made me feel sick again. Yeah. Like that just might be a weird mind thing. So I had a different flavor and I feel like that helped. Um, but I got through that one, which was great. Yeah. And honestly, by this point, I didn't even care what the results were. I really didn't. It, I, I've told everyone, I'm like, my pregnancy was so great. And that sugary drink almost like took me down. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. Mm-hmm. But so again, I, I wasn't really worried about the results because I was just like, I survived it. Mm-hmm. We got through it, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how long it took them to call, but they called and I had gestational diabetes. So it really, it did suck. I got a little upset and there's a little piece of you that, and I know a lot of women say this in pregnancy, like you can't do any, this isn't your fault, but there's always a piece of you when it's your body that's like, dang it, I should have eaten healthier or I should have been working out more or I, I did something to mess this up. Is this going to hurt my baby? Blah, blah, blah. But everyone was really reassuring that I was fine. Yes. So. And I think also that's just like the beginning of being a mom. Absolutely. Like everything that you do, you're worried. Mm-hmm. Is this right? Am I hurting mm-hmm. my baby? Should I be mm-hmm. doing this differently? And so yep. it's like just the beginning of forever feeling like yep. that. Yeah. So oh. anyways, so I got diagnosed with it. And I guess we should probably, well, I'll say you get your blood drawn four times Mm -hmm. and in order to be diagnosed with gestational diabetes, two of your four numbers have to be elevated Mm -hmm. above what they should be. And if at least two are elevated, then you are considered having 
then you have gestational yes. diabetes. And my, I think mine were my middle two. Mm-hmm. Like my fasting was beautiful and my three hour was beautiful, but the ones in the middle were high. Right. Um, so we should probably define it. Yeah. So define it. Well, I, just, I had no idea what it was caused by. Yeah. So I just thought it'd be fun just to share a little bit of like the pathophysiology or like why this happens. Mm-hmm. So during pregnancy, um, the placenta secretes hormones that cause postprandial hyperglycemia. So what that means is it causes your blood sugar to be up after you eat a meal. Mm -hmm. And that's because there is physiologic insulin resistance that occurs while you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so basically that happens to help make sure that the fetus is getting enough nutrients. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's not, it is a normal thing to have a little bit of higher blood glucose after you eat and also Mm -hmm. to have some carbohydrate intolerance and so Mm -hmm. anyway that's not unusual and that Mm -hmm. is what puts you at risk for having gestational diabetes Mm -hmm. um and so basically when normally a woman's pancreatic function can overcome this insulin resistance Mm -hmm. that is a result of pregnancy but when it when your body's unable to that's Mm -hmm. when you have gestational diabetes right so anyway just a little bit so and like Maria is going to share, a lot of times, as soon as you deliver your placenta, mm-hmm. which secretes these hormones that right. cause this insulin resistance, a right. lot of times it, the gestational diabetes goes away. Right. Not yeah. always, yeah. but typically. Yeah. Well, and I found out, I thought it was, I didn't think it was super common, but I think only like 10% of pregnancies end up having gestational diabetes. Yes. Um, but it's crazy because there were a few people that were pregnant really around the same time as me and another girl I know had it too. Oh, really? And she was actually like super healthy in the gym every day, which like podcast listeners know I don't claim to be that way. I'm not. Um, and she still had it. Yeah. So that even proved more to me. Like it's, it is kind of, yeah, I for sure have heard of, I don't know anyone personally, Mm -hmm. but well, actually I do know someone that, yeah, was very healthy Mm -hmm. and you know, it just happens. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think, Again, though, as a mom, it's the mom guilt mm-hmm. is so real, even yeah. before your baby is physically in your and you arms. Just, it just sounds so serious. Like, I mean, I think of the, I, I have a really good friend I work with who has diabetes and, you know, she has an insulin pump and mm-hmm. I've seen her prick herself all the time after meals. And it just seems so serious that you hear the word diabetes and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a horrible diagnosis and blah, blah, blah. And I'm pregnant and it's just scary at first. Sure. For um, sure. But I was, I will say I was really impressed with, and again, I don't know if every place operates this way but immediately when I found out I had it they sent me up with a dietitian yes um through Carillion which is our big medical what organization organization in Roanoke and beyond um and so I went in with a dietitian the next week I really I had at least like one appointment every week for probably a month a month I do remember this it was crazy I felt like I was living there (laughs) um and so I we set up an appointment with the dietitian which was really good. I, I told Sarah, I immediately started doing research and changed my diet as best as I knew how before the right. appointment even. Um, and when we went in, I was pretty much like, okay, yeah, this just kind of confirms mm-hmm. everything I researched. Like, I can do this, whatever. Um, and then, but the big thing is she gave me the blood sugar Yes. What is it called? Glucometer. Glucometer. I was like, why am I forgetting that? Yeah. I literally just call it like the pricker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she gave me that and showed me how to use it, which was probably the biggest oh, for sure. change in all of it. So I, I would wake up and I would have to prick my finger at fasting mm-hmm. and then at two hours after every single meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, your numbers had to be minus 
or under 95 at fasting mm-hmm. and then under 120 for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, we've talked about, like Sarah said online, she researched some places say 110 or some places yeah. say like it's, it changes. But yeah, pretty standard though. Oh, and it though. changes depending upon how many hours after a meal they yeah. want you to do it. Yeah. So like Maria said, less than 95 first thing in the morning before mm-hmm. you eat anything. And then if you did check your blood sugar mm-hmm. one hour after you ate, you'd mm-hmm. want it to be below 140. And then mm-hmm. like she said, two hours after you want it to be below 120. Right. I feel like I've learned so much. This is like a really medical episode, Sarah. Are you proud of me? Yeah. <laughs> just because I had gestational diabetes. I am proud of um, you. But look at you taking charge of your health. Your and your baby's health. I know. I need to do better at it again. But now I just like want all of the things I couldn't have. I know. You know? Um, but so something I wanted to talk about was kind of like how my diet changed yes. through all of this. And I think I was telling Maria, I think this is gonna be super helpful mm-hmm. if you are someone or again mm-hmm. if you know someone with gestational diabetes, yeah. just to like hear someone else like what they've eaten Mm -hmm. and found to be helpful and that has helped control their blood sugar well. Because again, first thing that they're going to do if you do have gestational diabetes is tell you, let's try to control this with physical activity and with Mm -hmm. your diet. And then if you can't get your blood sugar under control with those things, then usually that's when they'll prescribe insulin. Yes. But first line is not insulin. You're not... Right. And your numbers, I think, have to be really bad for an extended period of time for them to start doing insulin. Yes. Definitely. Um, but so, and I feel like you can explain this better too. Um, I had numbers of carbs for each meal and snack that I had to stick to, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because when someone says blood sugars, like I immediately think, oh, I'm going to go read the sugars on the nutrition right. labels. But you focus on carbs because aren't the sugars included yes. in the carbs on the nutrition yes. packs? Is that right? I think so. Okay. So they focus on carbs mm-hmm. more so. So I think my breakfast could be between 15 and 30 carbs. My other major meals were 45 to 60 mm-hmm. grams of carbs. Mm-hmm. And then snacks were under 15 grams of carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think the thing I learned the most about this is that it is way more manageable than I thought it was going to be. Right. If you want to splurge and drink a soda, you're not going to be able to do that. Or even like a Gatorade or you know, have a piece of cake. That's probably not going to fly. Um, but portion control and then like just a little bit of tweaks, I was really able to change my diet really well. Yeah. And I know I have a friend, so the probably the only person that I know in real life that has had gestational diabetes, she kind of said the same thing. She mm-hmm. was like, it complicates things a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it's manageable. Yeah. And I've always told people too, I love food, but I love all food. Like, I'm not eating a kale salad every day, but you can put one in front of me every now and then, and I'm going to eat it and enjoy it and be fine. Yes. So I was thankful for that, too, because I was like, I'm not totally addicted to fast food and horrible things. Like, I can sit and eat a salad, and protein is huge Mm -hmm. when you have this, and Mm -hmm. I'm totally happy. Well, because that's going to help keep you full longer, too. Right, right. Yeah, I feel, Spencer and I both talked about, I feel like I ate more during the season than I did before, because I had to be more intentional about it Mm -hmm. and I I wanted to be fuller but I had to find really good sources to make me full instead of just like a big sandwich or something right so um for breakfast and I feel like Sarah I I was always like I'm sad your chickens aren't laying eggs yet because I I lived off of eggs yep um I would do eggs with turkey bacon in them which literally I don't think it counted for any carbs because it was just protein Mm -hmm. pretty much And then my carbs in the morning, I would do like one like Kodiak, like protein pancake or waffle Mm -hmm. and either a little bit of syrup or like 
peanut butter almond butter yeah. on like toast and if no and one's totally happy yeah and if if you guys haven't heard of kodiak cake mm-hmm. like proteins or waffles mm-hmm. justin and i really like them too they do have some sugar in them but they're mm-hmm. like protein yeah pancake or waffle mix and it's really good and i think like one of their pancakes was like 10 grams of carbs and one waffle was 12 grams of carbs mm-hmm. so i would make like way more eggs and that would kind of be like my yeah. little treat on the side if that makes sense yeah but that made me super happy I loved it and I put cheese in there too you can have all the like cheese and dairy mm-hmm. really you want that's not really bad either mm-hmm. which I well, was happy and, about and cheese and stuff you know is going to be another source of protein mm-hmm. and so yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that was good and then for lunch I normally had again a lot of protein I would sometimes do a sandwich which again if you find healthy whole grain bread then you're gonna be fine Mm -hmm. um and if not I found like turkey burgers and like regular burgers and I would just eat them without a bun yeah um and I would still even have like like kettle cooked chips cheese fruit you could do all that oh that was interesting I wasn't allowed to have fruit for breakfast Mm, because it probably would make your blood sugar Mm -hmm. spike first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. yeah which is something I read online too I think some people's doctors say that and some people's don't but mm-hmm. they were like no fruit right in the morning which was kind of sad so it was summer and I like I know wanted strawberries and blueberries but it was okay but yeah for lunch I didn't change that much and I well I guess I'll do like big tips at the end but something I found really helpful because a lot of this was portion control mm-hmm. and I know it's like waste and like extra packaging but you can get like the bags of chips that are already pre yeah sized and like the kettle brand chips that I love, like barbecue, salt and vinegar, whatever. You can buy a big packet Kroger with all the flavors. And I knew one bag was 15 grams of carbs. Yeah. And I just knew that. So I didn't have to sit there with a big bag and like either control myself or like count out, you yeah. know, like 10 chips or whatever. That's true. Um, so that was really helpful for me to buy. I did that with Skinny Pop a lot too. Yeah. I bought the little bags because I could eat a whole... Yeah. Big bag of skinny oh, who pop can't? Who can't? We can too. We literally, Justin wants, like, that's one of his favorite things for a snack. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so how many bags should I buy this week? Because mm-hmm. literally one bag, it's like eating air. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I could destroy it. So yeah, my snacks I did a lot were fruits, um, nuts. I love the pretzel chips, um, but I would count those out mm-hmm. sometimes. The little like laughing cow cheeses yeah. are literally one gram of carbs. I got so excited because like cheese sticks and stuff are literally zero or one or two yeah. grams of carbs. Um, skinny pop, some protein bars, but protein bars have a lot of sugar yes. in them. Even the Lara bars that are supposedly healthy. It's because they have dates. So it's natural yes. sugar, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be yes. Yeah. But if I would have those, that's like all I could have. Whereas mm-hmm. if I had like nuts, I could have like maybe nuts and cheese mm-hmm. instead of just one thing. Um, and then something, well, I'll talk about this at the end. One other there thing. There was a dessert I found that I'm obsessed with, but I'll talk about it at the end. <laughs> okay. One other thing, and I know I suggested this to you, Maria, mm-hmm. but you don't like beef sticks. But oh, yeah. one thing, that would be a good high protein, yeah. pretty healthy snack. I know that you can't find them at Kroger here, but 
Trader Joe sells them, and I think you can probably buy them on Amazon, and I don't know, maybe even Costco or places mm-hmm. like that sell them in bulk. I don't think Sam's does, which is what we have here in Roanoke. Mm-hmm. But the Chomps Sticks brand, their mm-hmm. Whole30, like very clean ingredients. Um, and was they like an epic there is, brand too that was the Whole30? And they have like jerky and all kinds yeah, of stuff yeah, with yeah. the epic brand. Okay. Yeah. So something like that would also be a really mm-hmm. good, like a jerky or like a beef stick or some Which sort is so of weird. Stick. I don't know why I don't like that. Like I love meat. I don't know why. Yeah. That was one thing that I would eat a lot like before I would do a class at the gym while I was pregnant mm-hmm. would be like a beef stick and a cheese stick mm-hmm. just for like some protein mm-hmm. and yeah, not a bunch of I became addicted or sugar. to cheese sticks. Yeah. I really did. They were so good. And it's funny cuz the gym teacher at my school that I've gotten really really close mm-hmm. with, she won't get mad cuz I texted her so much through this. Um and we'll see if she listens to our podcast because she told me she can't get it to work sometimes because she's very technology challenged. Uh-huh. But at our school, we always have cheese sticks and she would have one almost every day. And I used to laugh at her and the kids would be like, there she is with her cheese sticks again. And then I got gestational diabetes and I was like living off of cheese yeah. sticks. They're so good. Um, okay, for dinner, I'm trying to see what I did. Oh, just a lot of protein and veggies. Nothing really crazy. I do love potatoes, and potatoes are something you have to definitely portion control in carbs. Yes. Mm -hmm. But sweet potatoes are a little bit better, and I found that, like, some frozen sweet potatoes, sweet potato fries are totally Mm -hmm. fine. There's a brand, is it, like, Angie's, maybe? I could be wrong. Um... There's a really good Alexa's. brand. Alexa's, that's it. Yes. Is that or Alexia, it? maybe? I'm going to Google it. Yeah. There's a brand that has like just really clean frozen fries, tots, onion rings, Alexia. Alexia, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have these like Chipotle seasoned sweet potato fries that are a little spicy and they're so, so good. So I lived off of those a lot. Um, and then a lot of salads. And I would sometimes do like a little, if I wanted to splurge I would make like pasta for Spencer and have like a cup, like literally measure it out, mm-hmm. which is sad and very not me. But again, I I still felt like I could have something. Yeah. So that wasn't that bad for sure. Um, and then dessert, my favorite find of this whole thing. I wish all these brands would sponsor me because we're right? still addicted to these. Um, Yazo bars. I don't know if it's Yazo or Yasso. Yeah. I think it's spelled with an they're S. They're like Greek yogurt they're bars. They're Greek yogurt, like ice cream bars. Mm-hmm. And they're literally around 15 grams of carbs. Mm-hmm. And I tested it because I was really nervous at first. Because I was like, this feels so naughty. They taste a lot like ice cream. Some flavors are better than others. Yeah. Um, but they're not, I'm sorry, I'm not a Halo Top lover. It just doesn't taste like ice cream to yeah. me. It's just sad. But these taste like ice cream, I think. Yeah, I have had them. So it's they're so funny. So when we lived in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. I found them at a grocery store there. Mm-hmm. I think the first type that we tried, the first flavor was like mint chocolate chip or something. That one's really good. Yeah. Um, and I remember, yeah, Justin, mm-hmm. I'm like, what are these they're things? They're so good. Yeah, they were really good. And they're like small-ish, but mm-hmm. not... Like, I totally feel like they gave me enough. And they never spiked my sugars. Nice. Which I was really proud of. Because I remember the first time I tried them, I was like, oh, I'm going to wake up. My sugar is going to be high. And it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. So those were good. And then sometimes I would do banana boats, which I love. Like, I put, I just do bananas with, like, a healthy peanut butter and some chocolate chips on top. Oh. Which when I did that, I did have to measure it out. Because, like, chocolate chips. I think it was, I remember because I love chocolate chips. It was like a tablespoon was nine grams of carbs. Wow. Yeah. And bananas are a lot of carbs yes, too. So you have to be careful, but did you, so good. was it just like, like not like a heated banana, just mm-hmm. like literally a banana. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I slice it in half with peanut butter and chocolate chips. It's so good. 
That does sound really good. It's really good. And um, RX, the RX yeah. brand makes like a honey cinnamon peanut butter. It literally tastes, I think like, what it's are those so Cheerios? Like, are they are they like, like honey, honey cinnamon? Cheerios? No, no, no. They're like the cinnamon. They may I not make them I anymore. Those. This like takes me back to my childhood. Mm. Um, yes, I've had that. It's kind, so good. So good. So good. And again, they have those in little packages. So yes, they do. So that would be helpful too. Yes. But yeah, those were really good. And I know I just went on a huge rant about food, but I well, that's, was... That's, that's yes. how you manage this. Yes. So I think that that's a super yeah. relevant thing to talk about in yeah. this episode. And I just wanted... Like, I know everyone's body is different and some people's bodies, like some things affect them more than others. But I was just really impressed because we know, I've talked about it on this podcast, I love food a lot and I love naughty food a lot. And I still manage this really well. Like when my numbers were high, they would be high by like five or less. Mm -hmm. Um, And every doctor was really happy with that. Yeah, I was nowhere near needing any more. I will say this, my doctor didn't even fully believe I had gestational diabetes. She was like, I think it's a fluke. Like I I don't think you have it because... It just shocked everyone, but I was really impressed with myself. So if I can do it, other people can do it. And I will say, Lena was worth it. She was worth anything. If I was doing this any other time without the purpose of her, mm-hmm. I would have been way more miserable. Yeah. So that was definitely helpful. Um, and then, so the interesting thing now, like I planned this episode a way long time ago. I've obviously been through labor now Mm -hmm. and had her. We talked about my labor experience a little bit with this, but it was really hard during labor because you were on an all-liquid diet. And we were laughing earlier because Sarah's labor was so quick. She said she was hardly offered anything, whereas Spin and I felt like we set up camp and stayed there forever. And I had like four or five meals of all-liquid. Yeah, I know. Well, I was telling Maria, they. I definitely never had a meal tray ordered. That's so crazy to me. But they did. <laughs> they offered which, you like a popsicle. Yeah, when I first got to the room <laughs> and I was telling her initially, I was like still at this point talking through, like not through contractions, but in between mm-hmm. contractions, very with it. And I was like, yeah, I'll have a popsicle. Mm-hmm. But the nurse forgot. And when she asked me later, I was like, no, I don't want anything. Like at that mm-hmm. point, I was like literally doing all I could not to yeah. die. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, Maria, I know you mm-hmm. shared in your in her birth story episode, but just that. Yeah, they were bringing you mm-hmm. so it stuff was, that was full of sugar. Yes, and it was weird at first because they obviously knew I had gestational mm-hmm. diabetes. Um, I didn't know they were going to prick me every two hours to check my blood sugar. Um, so the funny thing, the first thing that happened was when I ate my whole two Pop-Tarts, a Chick-fil-A meal, and a turkey sandwich because they said, you won't be able to eat again for a while, so splurge, and I did, and then... An hour later, they're like, let's check your blood sugar. And I was like, no one told me we were... I thought, I don't know. I just thought like, heck, I'm pushing a baby out. Is that not... I don't know why. I don't know why. It just wasn't in the top of my mind. Um, And then after that, the all-liquid diet started, which I've said, you know, is juice, jellos, popsicles, ice creams, ices, maybe some broth. Mm -hmm. But other than the chicken broth, everything else is full of sugar. Yes. And we did talk about this some. They have to give you some sugar because you do need some carbs to get to keep going. This labor, yeah. If it's extended, which right. mine obviously was, um, and but then they'd come in and be like, "Let's check your blood sugar," and it would be high. So that was really stressful. All of the nurses and doctors were really chill about it. You know, they just kept saying, "If your numbers keep being high, we will have to give you insulin." 
Um, I told Sarah, which I guess I hadn't told her before, I did end up having to get insulin. I, I think it was towards the later part of my labor. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel any different. Yeah. I don't really know. I guess it just protected baby. I don't yeah. know. Do you know about that? I don't know a ton about that. Okay. About like... Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, my, my numbers were high. Like one of the ones they did was like 150 and I never got, I think I had one number that had the whole month and a half, two months that I was taking my blood sugars Yeah, because I was controlling it well at home. Right. I don't think, I'm trying to think back to my OBGYN rotations and I don't think that I saw, I saw a few patients mm-hmm. like in the office for OB appointments that had gestational diabetes and I remember looking over their numbers with them, mm-hmm. but I don't think that I ever saw anyone in labor. Okay. And um, I guess it's just to protect baby for that much longer before she comes out. Yeah. I guess you and her, but yeah, I would have to look up That's like okay. the... But yeah, I had it towards the end of my labor, I think. Um, and then she came out. She was fine. They checked her blood sugars. I was going to ask if her they did Her blood sugars were actually a little low mm-hmm. because she was having trouble feeding. Mm-hmm. So she was actually having the opposite, you know, problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she started eating normally, she was totally fine. They were checking hers more often. And then once they were good, they started spreading it out more. Um, but the craziest thing about all of this, and I've told people this a lot about pregnancy too, in my opinion, you know, even in pregnancy, you feel like you live in the doctor's office. Like you're there if you, except for my whole I was experience where I was literally there, but week. you were making up for the fact that, so you went into labor at 36 weeks, mm-hmm. which is when you start going weekly. So yeah. you didn't get to go weekly, but you went That's weekly so true, before. But I did go weekly with all these tests. Yeah. But I feel like you're there all the time. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny. You have your baby. And especially if you have a pretty healthy baby, people are just kind of like, okay, bye. And even after my postpartum appointment, they're like, see you in a year. And I'm like, I just lived here. I felt like I was breaking up with someone. Yeah. Kind of. um, but with gestational diabetes, it was the same thing. Like my doctor, I was like, do I still need to be perking every day to see? And they're like, if you want to for peace of mind, but I think you're good. Yeah. Like it just kind of is over now. Um, I do think my primary care, I'm going to like get him to check yeah in a little bit just to make sure and I still have my um your glucometer glucometer I don't know what what I want to say but it's not that yeah um so I could check randomly I have a few times and they've been fine but yeah it's literally like they just don't talk about it once the placenta is out yeah which is crazy. Which it is a little bit crazy because, yeah, on the off chance that it... Yeah, that see, you I don't still... know the percentages for that. But there are... Uh, there's percentages that you could have something, and especially later in yes. life. Yes. That's it for sure. Right? Increases your risk later okay. in life. Yes. Yeah. And your babies. But I think, again, yes. later in life. Yes. So... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing, like Maria was saying in the beginning, like you hear diabetes and you're like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And it's not the end of the world, but it is something to take seriously mm-hmm, because sure. it does increase your risk for yeah. diabetes later in life. And then obviously, you know, if you mm-hmm. don't do a good job and aren't serious and intentional about controlling mm-hmm. your blood sugar, definitely can have an effect on the baby. Yep. So I think again, though, physical activity and diet are where you're going to start. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's all people have to modify right. in order right. to get it under control. And I will say I sucked at the physical activity because I was so pregnant and it was so hot outside and the gyms were still closed Yeah, because of COVID. So I was like, I don't want to go walk in the 90 degree heat when I have 30 extra pounds on me. Like yeah. that sounds awful. 
Um, something else I was going to say that I forgot is I found that like chain restaurants mm. were awesome, especially like fast food places, which I know isn't crazy healthy, but they have all of their nutrition info online. Oh, so if you yes. do want to splurge, which this sucks because Spin and I love local places, mm-hmm. but if we did want to splurge and eat out, I would just go do my research ahead of time. And I know like at Taco Bell, I knew exactly what I could get to keep wow. my sugars under. Um so that was nice too because you you didn't feel like you had to be super super strict. You still felt like you could eat out. Yeah. Um so that was cool. So fast food and chain restaurants normally have everything on there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I know cuz it's was like really helpful. You want some freedom. You don't mm-hmm. want to have to feel like you well, and I learned every too, meal at home. My highest number I had was the first day I left the dietitian's office. I remember and she this. was like, you can totally have Chick-fil-A. You can totally have waffle fries and chicken nuggets and blah, blah, blah. Just don't get the sweet tea or something. And I was like, okay, awesome. So I went and I got what I normally get at Chick-fil-A and I came home and it was 150 some. And I was like, I can't do this. I was like, she told me I could have it and I can't. But I learned like I could do the chicken nuggets, but maybe not the waffle fries. Right. Like I would have to just do chicken nuggets and a side salad and I couldn't do the sweet tea. Like I need to get water or a diet soda mm-hmm. or something. Um, diet sodas didn't spike my blood sugar, which I know for some people it can, even mm-hmm. though it's like aspartame. Yes. Um, but yeah, all of that was interesting. But you you learn. You figure it out. Yeah, you figure it out. And I kept joking. By the time I figured it out, it was kind of over. Yeah. So Well, it, that's what's always so crazy to me is that the screening is so late in the pregnancy. Uh-huh. Like, it's just nuts. But it is nuts. Again, though. Yeah, because I'm like, what about the first 28 weeks of my pregnancy? <laughs> right. And I think, I'm assuming it's something to do with, right. like, the... Something must start affecting yeah. baby more at that point. And, and maybe, you know, the timing of the placenta secreting mm-hmm. the hormones. But again, though, if you're someone that has had, like, this next pregnancy, whenever mm-hmm. that happens, yep. you will be, like, even if... I know, like, my friend that had gestational diabetes with her first, she didn't with her second, but as soon as she found out she was pregnant the second mm-hmm. time she on her own because she still had her glucometer and oh, all that yeah. she was like being intentional and checking from the beginning that's awesome so you know just being yeah. really aware yeah and just acknowledging like okay i may need to be, make not make modifications sooner rather than right. later and that yeah. sort of thing yeah but, but i think like moral of the story i feel like this was a really like scientific episode um, moral of the story with my experience was just that it was really manageable. Yes. Um, which and is I, really encouraging to hear. It is really encouraging. And I even, I'm not someone who likes needles and blood and that was totally manageable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to laugh at how good I, I could just prick my finger wherever, whenever. I think I did it in the Starbucks drive through a few times. Yeah. Like, no big deal. Yeah. Um, oh, tell us. You figured out a drink at Starbucks that you oh, could have. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Am I going to forget? No, no, no. It was the nitro cold brew with sweet cream it was only four grams of carbs yes which my iced vanilla latte is like 40 what yes and Stop. the sweet cream whatever it was in there still made it taste sweet enough for me because i'm not a black coffee drinker that is really but good it was to know. literally four versus 40 so maybe even if you're someone who uh-huh. does not have gestational diabetes yep. and you're looking for maybe a little mm-hmm. bit healthier option. and even some of the teas like one day i was like what if i just get like a green tea or something it was still pushing it wow um but they're egg bites too because mm. it's just protein mm-hmm. they're just like little i call them like quiches but without the crust yeah like they're just like little Almost like omelets or frittatas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would get the egg bites and the nitro cold brew with sweet cream. Yes. And ice on the side because I was addicted to their ice. Total side note during my pregnancy. I do remember this. I was very addicted. Yeah. I don't I don't like it anymore. Do you know that? 
at all. It it's like whatever to me. <gasps> and I used to like I would like take someone's leg off for it. Wow, that's so that's one thing. <laughs> I never was an ice person when I was pregnant. That was my biggest craving was Starbucks ice. I remember that. Yep. Wow. But anyways, well, any other like advice or tips that you have for anyone that I think my other biggest tip is just um I, I really think the portion control is big. And for me, being such a snacker and someone who loves junk food, those like pre-portioned bags of stuff yeah. saved me. They really did. Um, like bags of Cheez-Its, popcorn, chips, mm-hmm. stuff like that was just really helpful. Mm-hmm. And it might be a little more money at the store, but I just felt like it held me stay more accountable one thing and i know that like it's harder with chips and that sort of thing because who Mm -hmm. wants to count chips but Mm -hmm. i know like we'll buy we'll eat a lot of almonds for a snack Mm -hmm. and not that we're watching like carbs or anything like that but i'll still just like Mm -hmm. measure out i'll we'll get a big bag and i'll just measure out like a fourth of a cup which is what the serving size is um, Mm -hmm. and just put them in individual bags just to easy like grab and go so even something like that um that'd be harder with chips it's a lot easier with that's just but Biggest tip too was I I liked being able to have that grab and go yes. stuff. Like I felt like I still had stuff that I could just grab. And that's such a good thing to be in the habit of doing for mm-hmm. postpartum too. Mm-hmm. Is having like easy grab and go things yeah. for nursing and that sort of thing mm-hmm. is really helpful. So. And I did the two weeks I went back to work in person before I had two days at home and then went into labor. Um, I meal prepped. Yeah. So I made like all of my scrambled eggs and waffles ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I made like my turkey burgers or regular burgers ahead yes. of time. Um, so that helped me too. Yeah. Because you can't, being at home and cooking, this was easy, but it was harder. Like, cause I couldn't just do a regular sandwich or protein bar. Like I had to be more intentional. Right. So I definitely meal planned a lot more with this. Yeah. But it was good. I really, I was way more impressed with how manageable it was than I thought it was going to be. So. Well, good. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's encouraging to Mm -hmm. any of you guys listening. Or again, maybe you don't have gestational diabetes, but you know someone that does and you can just be Mm -hmm. an encouragement to them. Yeah. So yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, Maria. Thank you. Yeah. I hope it helped. (laughs) Yes. I'm sure it's helped. And thank you guys for listening. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be helpful if you would subscribe or leave us a rating and review. And feel free to follow us and join the conversation at the Cold Coffee Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. We wish we could have coffee with each of you. But since we can't, we'd love to send a gift card to the first two people who share this episode on their Instagram story and tag us in the post. Once again, thanks for joining us on the Cold Coffee Podcast.